Thank you for joining us today. We are so honored that you have chosen to make us part of your day. We are so excited to be able to bring you Way of Life's weekly sermons in podcast format. We believe that what you are about to hear will be life transforming. So open up your hearts and receive today. We will come back at the end to pray with you. We hope you enjoy. I want to direct your attention this morning to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 30. The book of Proverbs is a very unique book, uh, excuse me, book in the Bible. And it is a book of wisdom principles. It is wisdom speaking to us. In one of the chapters in the beginning, it says, wisdom is crying out. And I want to learn from what wisdom speaks today. I'm going to read some scriptures that I have read many times, but I've never preached from these particular verses. They speak to us about something and the power of something that every believer needs the opportunity to connect with. Proverbs 30, verse 15. The leech has two daughters. Give and give. The King James says, I believe the daughters, not the daughters, but the horse leech, excuse me. I was thinking about a lot of parts of the verse. The horse leech has two daughters. Unusual verse. But the leech has two daughters, give and give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Four never say enough. The grave. The barren womb, the earth that is not satisfied with water, and the fire never says enough. I'm going to read it in from the, the Passion Translation as well. There are three words to describe the greedy. Give me more. There are some things that are never satisfied. For every craving more, they're unable to say that's enough. And here are four. The grave, yawning for another victim. The barren womb, ever wanting a child. Thirsty soil, ever longing for rain. And a raging fire, devouring its fuel. All of these are insatiable. I want to use for a subject for the next few moments this morning. Real revival, I want more. Real revival, I want more. Real revival, I want more. I fell in love with Jesus Christ in November of 1983 when he came into my life and did in my life what I did not even know was possible. No matter what you believe or what you say you believe, if you have never tasted and experienced Jesus, then you cannot imagine what the born-again experience is like. It is the singular greatest miracle that will ever occur. When the trumpet of God blasts and the rapture of the church takes place, perhaps without probably any contradiction or fear or favor, the greatest 
miracle healing service that's ever happened will happen at one time when the dead in Christ rise first and then we which are alive and remain are caught up together in the clouds to be with the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord People will instantly be divinely healed that had not received it yet. All kinds of miracles, people coming forth that had died in the faith, coming forth. What miracles there will be on that day. And if you don't believe in that day, you really don't believe in the day he was born in Bethlehem. Because he came the first time to fulfill purpose and to come again to bring us to a place that he had gone to prepare for us. And I want to say boldly today that the greatest miracle is when Jesus comes into your life. That desire to know him should elevate and escalate in your life. A revival began on the inside of me. Uniquely enough, I would be used to be a a fire starter and an evangelist and a revivalist. But you can't give what you don't have. A revival would be ignited in me and it was all born out of what he did for me on the inside. I'm going to be candid with you today. I really don't understand him changing your world and you acting like it's no big deal if you do. I really do not understand him changing you from darkness to life, from sin unto salvation and you yawning over it. I don't understand that, and I'm not sure I want to understand it because I really don't want any part of that. I'm grateful today for an awakening that took place in my life that I suppose without question the hunger for it was lit in my heart by what I saw God doing in my family and in my church. As a child, I could see it. I didn't understand it. I didn't have it all figured out. I couldn't put all the scriptures together on it, but I saw it lived out. And I saw my father honor my mother. I saw my father honor God. My family kept me in the house of God, and they didn't hate it. They didn't. My daddy would have broke all the rules in COVID. I can just imagine my daddy, if he would have lived, he said, boy, I don't care what they say. You don't shut down for two days, much less two and a half months. And I said, but daddy, we didn't shut, shut down. We just did it different because he, he wouldn't have fit in well in these times because Jesus had so transformed his life. And I want to say to you today, if Jesus has done this miracle on the inside of you, anything and everything that's trying to take away your passion, resist it. Because it is a lie. It is a trick. It is a scheme. It is a scam. It is not growing up. It is denying the inevitable strength of God who picked you up not to make your life worse, but to make it better. I mean, he so transformed my life. Filled me with the Holy Spirit and began to do things in my life that I never dreamed even existed or could take place. The people that I'd watched God obviously be at work in their life now after coming to Jesus, he was at work in my life. Real awakening. Real revival. Something that was dead in me, that lived in my parents, who gave natural access to me into this earth. God had a plan to save our whole family. 
And I suppose I was the last one of the family to say yes to Jesus and was determined for quite some time that I was in no hurry to say yes to him. But upon having come to him, I said, I love him. I'm so grateful for him. He has been so merciful to me. He has been so loyal to me. I do not understand his goodness. I cannot explain it to you. It does not make sense to me, but he, he marked my life and I know it. But if you're born again, he marked your life too. And I don't know about the setting you were in when you came to Christ. And if you were in a setting that marginalized and minimized passion for God, I apologize. I couldn't do anything about that. But I would like to help you make divine adjustments today. Because the thing you should be most passionate about is your relationship with God. Relationship that increases through following the word of God accurately and clearly and through experiencing him. Because the promises, the commissions, and the teachings are for the purpose that we don't, won't just look at what God has done historically, but we will experience him ourselves. That alcoholic needs more than me just to show them the royal Roman road and then make a decision. That alcoholic needs to be set free by the power of Almighty God. That alcoholic needs to discover the new wine of the Holy Spirit. But first, they need that living water. Water, hallelujah, before they get that new wine. That, that person of bondage, and you can put any bondage or situation in there. That is what people need. They need the truth to lead them to an experience. Because opinions are never at the mercy of transformative biblical opportunities to experience God for yourself. This passage of Scripture is very unusual, and it does not emphasize really good or evil. It just states the reality that the leech has two daughters, give and give. This wisest man up until that point in history, and perhaps that ever lived according to the word of God, I'm not going to argue with it at all, I question some of the decisions he made along the way. But he, had, he operated when he operated in his, his purpose with tremendous wisdom. He uses the analogy of leeches. A leech will never stop wanting more blood. The Passion tra Translation, excuse me, says these words describe what it is to be greedy. To be greedy for the things of this world to be greedy for the lusts of the flesh, the lusts of the eyes, the pride of life. That's, that's an evil thing. But I think sometimes we get confused in that we, we, we don't see how that the word greedy could be turned in a positive way. I don't want less in God than I've ever had before. I'm not going to accept young, young men and brothers and sisters that are in this room that it's a different time now and we're just gonna have to accept Whatever will be, will be. I believe that is a lie from the devil and I believe that is a trying to just cope way of thinking. I don't want less from God. 
than I had in times past. I want more. Real revival is something that we can live in. And I want you to hear that. You can live in real revival, but you can't be casual and live in real revival. And you can't play church and live in real revival. And you can't follow people that are dry and barren and live in real revival. And you got to be cautious of what you let in your ear gate and in your eye gate and what you choose to believe. Because if it leads you toward death, it wasn't God's voice. But in this hour, I believe real revival on a greater scale is available. Why? Because if we can learn from this passage, more, more. Give, give. That should be our mantra. Now, but I'm not saying what you may think I'm saying if you're self-centered in your thinking. I don't mean give, give me the stuff that would destroy me. I don't mean more, more of my lust, my stuff, so that I can't honor you with my life. I mean more of his presence. I mean more passion for him. I mean more dedication, consecration, and commitment. I mean more value for the house of God and not less. I mean more of my heart toward him and in praise and worship and my openness toward him as heaven begins to give place to reign from heaven in my life. If you want more, you need to make Make a decision and say it. I want more. But I will warn you, not everybody wants more. Most people want as much as they want and that's enough. But we need to live in the capacity of wanting more of him. Everyone shout real revival. Shout I want more. Notice he said some of these things, or not some of these things, all of these things are never satisfied. It's dangerous when you get satisfied with a level of commitment that's subpar. It's dangerous when you get satisfied with something that might have been okay when you were a brand new baby just getting started. But you should have never stayed in a place of satisfaction that just held back. Why? Because if you, if you give place to the way God designed you and created you, you should be burning with passion for Him. We get mad at people because their passions are out of control. You pay attention to me right here. Track with me. We get frustrated at people because it just seems like they're consumed with evil things. Could it be that they are consumed with evil things because they have never yielded for a consuming passion toward the things that ought to be in their life? Could it be that they're not a wicked person because they have passions and because they have craves and because they have desires? Could it be that they are craving and having passion for the wrong things because they have not been introduced to an opportunity to experience more of God in every capacity in their lives? Would you give the Lord a hand clap and a shout in this room today? I'm gonna plow with this because it's very important. I don't mean works of the flesh. I mean honesty. <laughs> Everybody, that's why you work your business so hard. 
That's why you apply yourself in education. That's why you endeavor to put your best foot forward. Why? Because you want more. If you didn't want more of something, then, then you maybe just ought to just dig a hole in the quicksand and bury yourself up to your neck. But I don't believe there's anybody under the sound of my voice that doesn't want more of something. I will say this to you. The most important more you need is the more that God alone can bring in your life. And I've got to thunder it because there are people who see things and hear things, but they don't experience things. And so it's always like you're speaking a different language when you talk about it. But God has more. He's always had more. I mean, even the mighty baptism in the Holy Spirit that John the Baptist said of Jesus when he comes, he'll fill you with the Holy Ghost and fire. When you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you have not received the end of the line. You have stepped through a gateway of opportunity that you can move into the more of God. When there stops being more of God, somebody has sat down. And I think sometimes people sit down because they've never really given place to being led. And I think some people sit down because they are comfortable with this but not comfortable with that. The Holy Ghost is the comforter but he's not the comfortable maker. Huh? He will comfort you in the midnight hour. He will comfort you in the most difficult times of life. He will come to you in the middle of the night. He will be a caregiver like none other. But he will not make you comfortable because he doesn't want you to be comfortable where you are. Idleness is dangerous. Passion is a wonderful fuel and a wonderful energy. Jesus' ministry was that of purpose and passion. When Saul became Paul and his world changed, he became a man of passion who could not be stopped. The same with Simon Peter. The same with John the Beloved. The same with every difference maker in this New Testament that you read about. They were not pacifist. They were passionate people. And the principle of what this wise man Solomon, by the nudge of the Holy Spirit that gets read right by and not talked about, was evident in their lives. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. I can't get enough of Jesus. I can't get enough of his love. I can't get enough of his mercies. I can't get enough of his truth. I can't can't get enough of his will. I cannot get enough. If you only study God from a distance, but you don't move in and experience God, then you don't understand why the information has been provided in the first place. I love it. This is a unsatisfiable satisfaction that cannot be satisfied. Let me say it this way. I am so satisfied with Jesus, but I am not satisfied that I have all of Jesus that I need or that He has all of me that He wants. I have the, if you are born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, Let's just back up and say, if you're born again as a child of God, which is the greatest miracle, there are no second class believers, that is, that is the greatest miracle of all. You are a child of God. 
And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He adds more to your life. But He never wants you to anchor and just sort of just drop anchor and say this is enough. No, that's what man will talk you into. God has never said you're getting too close. You're smothering me. Honestly, it is the absence of getting close to God is why so many people have so many things in their lives that do not change. Give me some high five, guys. It is in, it is in close proximity with him because you can't get close to him and not act like something doesn't need to shift. And the cool thing is even when you don't know really what the deal is, you get close to him and you press into him and you say, Lord, my flesh isn't going to block this and the opinions of others is not going to block this and fear is not going to block this and the culture of this broken world and the dryness of some so-called Christians is not going to block this. I need more of you. And you should not be ashamed to admit it. I want more joy. I want more joy. I want more joy because I need to share more joy. If joy is no big deal to you, you ain't never had enough yet. I'm telling you, joy is better than any drunk I ever pulled as a heathen. I remember. Can may I say puke? Puking up my guts after having saturated myself in the stuff that I had to do to fit in with the crowd that I was running with. At least I felt like I had to do at that point because I was no better than them. I was just as, as lost as them. And I remember... You know, saying, but I can handle this stuff. I remember one night, this is what a fool does, by the way. So if you don't know what a fool does, here's one example. Uh, we, uh, we had a 12-pack a of beer. I hated the way beer tasted. So I thought the best way to get this stuff, and it's like Casey Treat, the preacher, said about beer. Looks like pee. Tastes like pee. I'm not sure how he knew that. I think he just assumed. Looks like pee makes you want to puke. Boy, I, I didn't like the taste of it, so... They were cold. I'm a drinker. Anybody knows me? Knows I, 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 like, I go with something that's going to, and it's not alcohol, by the way. Just, you got to be clear in 2022. Just got to be. And so I gunned it down. I gunned it down. I gunned it down. I hit about seven of them. Gunned it down and thought, man, I ain't no big deal to this stuff. And I was driving in my vehicle. Been a big deal if I got pulled over. But I was 17 and smarter than everybody and knew everything. <laughs> At least that's what I thought with me. And I stopped at the gas station to get some gas. And when I opened the door and I went to get out of my car, <laughs> next thing happened, I was introduced to the ground. And right before I stepped out of the car, I said, oh, you know what, this ain't no big deal. I can handle this stuff. And the next step I made was down on my face, falling on the ground. I don't want more of that. 
I don't want more of that lie. And I don't want anyone else getting more of that lie. I want more of the joy of the Holy Spirit. And there's an abundance of it available. But it's not coming to the one that doesn't want it. Give. Give. I want more. More peace. How can you have too much peace? How can you give what you do not have? I was blown away years ago as I read from Acts chapter 3 when Peter and John looked at that man at the beautiful gate begging for alms. And they said, we don't have silver and gold. But you could have buried him in silver and gold and it wouldn't have helped him. He needed a divine healing. And he got a healing miracle. It blew me away one day when it hit me. Peter and John could only give what they'd received. I'm going to say it again. You can only give from God what you have received. If you haven't received what the Word promises and makes available, you can't give it. All you can do is talk about it. But you can't give it. I want to, hallelujah, I want to be so overflowing with joy that I can give it away. And it's not about me, it's about Him. The fullness is for me, the overflow is for for them. I I want more, I want more unapologetically. I want more Holy Ghost in our services. I want more victory in this house. I want more attendance than we've ever had before, not just for the sake of butts and noses, but for the sake of souls and family and people that need to be reached and I know they're saying it's a different time. I don't want to hear that. I want real revival that lasts. I want more. I've been compassionate. I've been merciful. I've tried to tried to understand and walk through the same things others have. But what has kept me all through my life since I turned to Jesus is the strength of the ways of God given place to and yielded to and walked out. You do know the Apostle Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament church didn't just write letters, right? And didn't just preach sermons. Didn't just teach things. Although he was so powerful, he could write a letter and it would totally fix things. But he went places and started churches. He was a church planter. But he was also a church strengthener. And because of the fullness he operated in and the growth going on in his life, if a devil raised up, he wouldn't encourage them to work on their coping skills. He'd cast it out. He'd pray for people to be healed. He prayed for believers to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He dealt with witchcraft and sorcery. He faced incest and immorality head on. He didn't condemn people, but he knew that Christ in him, which is more than what he had before, when he had a head full, and I don't mean that sarcastically, I mean it accurately, of astounding wealth of knowledge. Now he has the new birth. Now he has purpose. Now he is full of the Holy Ghost. And now all that word he's learned is going to give place to revelation that will help people in the coming days. You can't give what you don't have. No one in the Bible ever 
ever did. I've never been able to give anybody what I didn't have. That's one of the reasons why I'm not the only one God uses. You and I are not the only ones that can hear from God. And this might be a revelation to some. You are not the only ones who do hear from God. And it's not it's God speaking. It's if, what are we going to do with what He says? Because God's not just giving information. He's giving instruction for action. I want more. I want more revival. I want to be a better husband. I want more of God to show me how. I want to be a better father. I want more of God. Even though my sons are 28 and 25, I still want to keep growing by the help of the Holy Spirit in revival and in, in the things I need to help pour more into my family. I want this, and it's available. I remember years ago, the Lord spoke to me, seemed like out of nowhere one day, and said, I want you to study about marriage and family. I said, well, Lord, that's great, huh? I thought, this is just for me personally, surely. Because I wasn't, you know, as an evangelist, that's most of the time that's what pastors and teachers deal with. Very, very important. And you know what? I was actually right this time. Most of the time I'm right is when I'm just in agreement with God. I'm like everybody else. If I, if I, if I don't get in agreement with God, I'm, I, I'm, I'm subject to be wrong. Don't tell nobody I told you that, though. But now, the Lord began to speak to me about my marriage that I thought I was investing in. And at first, I thought, well, I did like people do. Because we all people, right? Well, I was watching wrong, Lord. Is, is everything, is, am I wrong about everything? Why do we get so touchy when God deals with us? He's just trying to make us more. He isn't satisfied with us not continually being more. Nobody's a bored Christian that is always moving into more. Preachers will stay in the ministry if they're always pursuing more. If you're looking for more, you will experience it. I'm quite persuaded if you're not. You will never have it. And then I thought, that's, I thought, shut up, Chris. And God began to speak to me and show me how to be better. You may think you're good enough at the level you are, but you're good enough is just getting started. God wants to take you into more. More. Look, our gifts run out. Our abilities by themselves run out. Even the way we're viewed and considered by some that we think we have influence with, it can run short. But the more of God ever increasing and growing that you give place to, you yield to, you move toward and you pursue, never loses its attractiveness. And it's attractive in a way that nobody ever thought to use as attractive.
I see a man loving his wife, that's attractive to me. I want to be that kind of a man. When I see a man being strong for Jesus, that's empowering to me. Because that's the kind of man I want to be. And I get excited because that man must be being challenged with more of God as I am. God's going to drive this point home in, this, in these unique phrases. He says, forever craving more, they're unable to say that's enough. He says, here are four, the grave. The grave is going to take as many dead people as it can get. Get the example and the analogy today. The barren womb. Most women, not every woman, some women, they, they don't want to, have, want to have a child. You have that right. But most women have been given a God in a created desire to bear children. And a barren womb that cannot give place to having a child is something that never stops being yearned for. Thirsty soil ever longing for rain. By the way, is anybody grateful for that rain we got the other night? Would you lift your hands? We were dry as corn shucks and dust and everything. I'm grateful for the rain. The soil just sucks it up and it wants more. It wants more. It wants more. And a raging fire that devours its fuel. It can't find enough to burn. We have watched people go so far and stop and draw the line. I have endeavored to be your leader and to follow the Holy Spirit and to please God. And it's not an easy thing to lead. It's not. Because you're responsible for a lot of things that never even crossed the minds of many. But if I have ever come short in challenging you to keep on moving into the more of God, I can do few things to help you more as a pastor. Now as an evangelist, it's a different dynamic. But as a pastor, I can do fewer things that can help you more than to encourage you to keep on moving into more. Because if you keep on moving into more, they can't nobody run you away from God. You're going to work through whatever you need to work through. You'll repent if you need to. You'll own stuff if you need to. I've had the opportunity to do everything I'm preaching to you almost. And the only reason why I didn't have to do some of them is I didn't commit the sin or miss the mark. But a lot of things I've said, I've had the opportunity. Why? Because the more of God that is available leads us into a life of no retreat. The church in America, we're pathetic sometimes. We get a little bit. We throw a party and we ought to celebrate our progress. But we're splashing around in a little pee-pee pool. You know what a pee-pee pool is? Pee-pee pool is that little pool all them kids get in and pee in it. I'm, being, I'm using a crude analogy, but dear God, man, Proverbs 30 is kind of cruel in its own self. Just splashing around and, you know, th this is enough. And here's the thing. 
I don't see the leveling off place in the New Testament. I, I don't see where desire for more ever stops. It's addiction to Jesus. But it's not like addiction to meth. It's not like addiction to cigarettes. It's addiction to doing what God wants you to do and to pleasing God. And I know today, man, that sounds too good. Well, you ain't going to have it if you don't want it. The, 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 the key is what will you do? Because he's not saying, don't smother me, don't smother me, don't get too close. Just window shop, just spectate. I love spectators. In the gospel of James, he says, draw nigh to me, near, close to me, and I will draw nigh to you. If you are not getting closer to him, you are not drawing near to him. Because he won't lie. Tell the truth. I'm doing as much as I feel comfortable with. You better break that. That shallow, flat land, dry, surface religion and not real Christianity. Christ did not bring us out of the world to just clean us up and for us to live like little baby believers until we die. He wanted to add to us more. The reason why people don't live more holy is because they don't think they need any more of God. I mean, we live in an hour where they're saying statistically, 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 I know how to say it. Listen to the backslidden view. Hear this. Statistically, one statistical polling Checking out where people are right now. People believe coming to church for about 45 minutes once every six weeks is faithful. It ain't faithful. It's backslidden. It's not faithful. It's not with God. You didn't find that in the Bible. You can't draw nigh to God and want less of the things that matter. If you want less, the devil was part of it, but so were you. I love you. Talking to Christians. Talking to Christians. So were you. And if you can make a wrong decision, you can make a right decision, but what's going to have to happen before you make that right decision and stick with it, you're going to have to have a change of heart. You can change your talk, but if you don't change your heart, your you talk and your walk is it's going to keep going to keep being limited. And I'm not fussing at you. I'm just telling you there's a cost to this. But it's been paid for. I mean, the cost of it is you going after. The cost of it is you availing to your opportunities. The cost of it is you wanting more of every good thing. I want more blessing on my life in every aspect of my life so I can be more of a blessing. I'm not going to participate in the things that some people are just saying the hour that we live in. 
I'm going to live in this hour, but I'm not going to live like some people who choose to not desire more live in this hour. And I'm not going to trust on me to make everything happen. I'm going to trust God to make everything happen. But God is not going to have to push me around like a wheelbarrow or drag me around like a ball and chain. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want more. You want better preaching? I hope you do. I hope you do. If you don't, why not? I want, I, want, I want more. I want more connection with you. I want more of the light coming on in your life. I've been here for 22 years. There have been times through the years that I would see the lights come on in people as I would teach from this book and preach the truths from this word. I'd watch the lights come on and then I'd see other people. They were looking at me and nodding my head, but they weren't getting it. They weren't getting it. They weren't getting it for reasons for, that I know some and other reasons I don't know. But the ones who were getting it were not just saying, you know, that's nice, that's, that's, that's good. No, they were saying, yes, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. This changed my life. I'm not talking to you about something you need to do that I haven't done. This is how I live my life. I don't go around telling God what he can have and what he can't have of me. I don't go around you know, with, with my moods and my attitudes and telling God what I will and what I won't do. If I get cranky with God, I have to get down on my face and say, God, you are God and I am not. And I want you to forgive me for taking you for granted. You're the best friend I've ever had. You're the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I apologize. I repent. I want more insatiable desire. Well, this is not my anointing. Look at me. If this is not what you call your anointing, you don't even know what you're talking about, first of all. Because this has, this, this is not the anointing I'm talking about right now. This is about your desire proven by your pursuit. And if you think you don't have an anointing that's necessary for that, then I hope God doesn't ever elevate you very far because you won't be able to take people to where you need to take them. I know not everybody wants this, but we ought to. We ought to. We're not changing culture without more of God. I don't know who we're going to have in the White House or the Senate or the governorship or the mayorship but I do know who's on the throne of my heart. And I do know who is the, 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 the one who lights up the lighthouse. And I do know that we have barely tipped our toe in the potentials of God. And I'm going to bless some of you. I hope you can receive it. If you can't, chew on it and you will eventually receive it. Some of you that are extremely deep in the things of God, you're only about dip your toe level into what's available to you. I get excited because I think I am in pursuit of something like that. I, I'm not saying I'm God's gift to anything. I, I'm just telling how grateful that I am. But if I'm just getting started into this, I cannot wait for what's out there. But I ain't going to get out there if I don't keep wanting more. You've said the same thing about 50 different ways. Maybe 60. I'm holding the mirror up to you. Sometimes God uses 
strange things to challenge us into great things. But I'm a smart enough guy to learn from this text. A leech ain't going to want blood more than I want the blood of Jesus. More than I want the power of the Holy Ghost. More than I want this church to be what God wants it to be. I've got dreams for this ministry. But honestly, I don't fully know, nor do you, what all God really has for us. But you know how we get it? Not by sitting back and trying to figure it out. I want more. I want more. I'll walk on the water if I have to. I'll walk through the burning desert if I have to. I'll walk alone from people if I have to. I am not going to be addicted to the opinions of everyone else. I want, I want to please heaven. I want to please the one who's on the throne and I want to get close because when he, here's the thing, you think of this, when Jesus died on Calvary and the veil of the temple was rent, which means it was torn, not from the bottom to the top, but the top to the bottom. He made accessible a way for everyone to boldly approach the throne of grace. You know what I've noticed? In my own life and in yours, if we don't boldly approach the throne of grace, we don't even go. To boldly, why? We have a confidence in knowing that the closer we get, he's never going to say. Only time Jesus ever did that was after he was resurrected. And he told the woman who thought he was the gardener, don't touch me just now. Before he was always accessible. But he had a purpose in that. Other than that, he is, according to the Scripture in the New Covenant, our high priest touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Would it make sense that if he's touched with the feelings of your infirmities, he will be touched with your desire and your yearning and your passion to grow in him? He doesn't just want to fix what's broken again and again and again and again and again. He wants to use you. He wants to empower you. He wants to show you off to the world. You know a greater testimony than how many things that God has fixed and has to keep fixing the same things about you over and over and over again because you don't keep going after more and you regress? Do you know the greatest testimony of what He has done for you is that you take it and you let Him build on it? And it seems like the closer you get, the more keenly He builds You're going to hear religious spirits in human form. It don't take all that. And they're not God. They don't know near as much as they think they know. And I encourage you to not let someone who has no active relationship talk you out of just getting closer, wanting more. When God looks at me, I don't want Him to wonder why I am hidden in the crowd of comfort. I want Him to see me sticking out like a sore thumb. 
but not sore. Just sticking out like one. I want more. If you get this, your world will change. If you get this, we won't be able to keep you away from this house. If you get this, you will become a passionate soul winner. If you get this, you will grow and have more joy. I want to get this more. I haven't arrived in any of this. But we, we need to get this, and we need not to allow anybody's concerns or worries or thoughts. Well, they're just too... No, that's not nothing about being too heavenly minded. I am heavenly minded. But earthly good is found out in getting closer to Jesus. Because when I get closer to Jesus, I start thinking like Him. I start treating like Him. I start looking like Him. I start acting like Him. I start being like Him. One verse. And I going to stop. And I have repented of always acting like I had to be in a hurry. Preaching. Part of that was, somebody's back there standing on the feet waving their hands. Part of that is because as an evangelist, preaching is different. You are preaching to a point of throwing the gospel net to make sure that no sinner, when they get to that point of ready to respond to God, that you don't pass, go past that point. But our time together is so marginal. Not, that's not a good word. It's, it's, it's not as big as it needs to be. Let me just say it that way. Take the word marginal out. It's, it's, it's just not as big as it needs to be. And if you walk away from this day remembering that I should always be longing for more and be amped about it. Amped about it like you are your favorite dessert and then some. Like you are about your hobby. Like Tennessee was about tearing up Neyland Stadium yesterday after they beat Alabama. They tore that place apart, man. I'm so glad I was in, in a place I couldn't see that. But congratulations to them. Winning's better, but if you can't lose with class, then you probably shouldn't have played the game. Ephesians 5, one more scripture. Therefore be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love. As Christ, Christ is not Jesus' last name. It references his Messiahship. It references the anointing. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ, the anointed one, the anointing, the anointing of Christ available for you, also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering of sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Closer I get to him, I lose the funk of that old life. And the sweet smell of Jesus comes to my life. This is how any addiction is broken. This is how good things are given birth to. This is how every needed aspect of help is gained, moving toward God. Before we pray about a couple of other things, before I release you to go, Everyone pray this for the benefit of the ones who need to say it. We're helping lead them to the Lord. I love the way the old church used to say it. 
Lead them to the Lord. I love that phrase. Everyone say this with me right now as we help others. And if you mean this, you're the one that needs the Lord. Say it. Say it. Right now, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in the name of Jesus. I'm grateful that within this service, with a unique focus, this particular house of God has chosen not to leave me behind. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my life, to cleanse me from my sin, to wash me by your precious blood. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you all of me. I'm not holding back. I receive you as my Savior and Lord. And I will begin by coming after you. I'm going to get around the right people. I'm going to find me some Christ-following pursuers. I'm going to be full of the Holy Spirit, giving place to every gift you provide for me. I'm going to fall in love with your Word. And I'm going to let the Bible and the Holy Spirit lead and navigate my life. I give you all of me. Thank you for wanting me. And it is for certain, Master, I want more of you. Would you just lift your hands all over this room? If you prayed that prayer a minute, I celebrate that. You need to let us know. I'd love to be the one you tell. I might pick you up and spin you around. Might not if you don't like that. Praise the Lord. But I will celebrate with you. I'm kidding about the spinning around, I think. But I'll celebrate you. Why? Because they're shouting on the hills of glory. Angels are crying, holy, holy. There's rejoicing in the presence of the angel. Jesus said over at one sinner that repents. And so we celebrate that. But with those hands uplifted. Father, I thank you that something has gone off on the inside of your beautiful people today. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His countenance to shine upon you. May the Lord establish in all His ways as they become your ways more and more. May the Lord grant you peace. God bless you. Have a great, great, great day. You know, I really don't know what your need is today, but the Holy Spirit knows. And He's used this service, this message, to speak into your life. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, really all you need to do is get real with Him and say, Lord, I'm a sinner, and I desperately need a Savior. And you're the only one who can. I invite you into my life. I ask you to save me. I need you as also to be my Lord. I give myself to you and my life to you. And Father, not only do I pray and celebrate these that are coming to you. But for those that need a special touch in their family, for those that need a divine touch in their body, for those that need a surge of encouragement, for those that need increased joy, and for those that are growing, that they will become all that they are called to become. I declare your blessing over the people, and I thank you that the anointing of the Holy Spirit is moving powerfully on their behalves. In Jesus' wonderful name. Until next time, I'm so grateful that you've joined us, and I pray that you will continue to check out our regular podcast.